In the mid-1980s, there was a woman who lived in the city of Tzfat, Israel, Safed. She was married for eight years, and she had one child, and she desperately wanted another child. But she wasn't blessed with the second child. She and her husband, this was on their mind all the time, they wanted a second child. They had their first child in their first year of marriage, and then the next seven years, no children. One day she attends a lecture in Jerusalem. It was given by an American-born rabbi. And she was very moved by this rabbi's talk, very taken by it, inspired by it. So after the lecture, people are lining up to see the speaker. She waits online and she asks, can I talk to you in private? He says, of course. And she begins to cry. She cries her heart out and she says, just feel a connection to you. I think there's something special about you. So I want you to give me a blessing that my husband and I should merit to bring another child into this world. I want your blessing. So the rabbi says, there are rabbis and there are rebbes. You know, the rebbes guys, those are the the leaders of dynasties. They're holy people. They give out such blessings. I'm just a title rabbi, not the holy guy. I don't give out blessings. It's not my, I'm not the, I don't, I got tuned into the heavenly worlds that I can give you a blessing that it would mean something. There are rebbes. These guys, they have the skill. they're, They're connected. I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not anything special. I give a lecture, I teach, I'm a teacher, that's all. The woman wouldn't accept his explanation. And she said, look, I sat through your talk, and I'm telling you, you touched my soul. And if someone could touch my soul, then there's something there. And I want a blessing from you. You don't, you don't think you have power. I don't care what you think about yourself. I'm asking you for a favor. Give me a blessing that my husband and I should merit to have another child. The man, again, is, is uncomfortable, but now he really can't turn her down. She's phrasing it of, I don't care if you think you're holy or not. I'm asking you for a favor. How can, how can he say no? But at the same time, he, he doesn't feel adequate. So he says this. He says, listen here. I want you to know something. The pain that you're expressing me to me today strikes a very sensitive chord within me. Why? Because I have a similar source of pain in my own life. I have a daughter. She lives in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. She's been married for 10 years, and she hasn't had any children. So I'm not a Rebbe. I'm not a Hasidic master that can give blessings. But I do know this. The Talmud teaches us that if one has a problem and prays for a friend that has the same issue, his own prayers will be answered as well. So I want to make a deal with you. Here's the deal. You, whoever you are, I don't even know your name, You'll pray for my daughter that she has a child in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, and I'll pray for you. Let's exchange contact information. Let's stay in touch. That's the deal I want to make. You're saying that you want my blessings. I want yours because you touched me deeply with your pain. That's the offer I want to make to you. At that point, this woman's heart broke into a million pieces because not only does she have her own plight of longing for a child, She now is feeling the pain for someone she never met in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, who's never had any children. And she makes the deal, and she promises the rabbi that she will pray every single day for your daughter. And the rabbi promised, I will pray every single day for you, and let's stay in touch. They went their separate ways. Time passed. Eventually, the rabbi's daughter in Milwaukee adopted a child. Yet even as years passed, the rabbi never forgot about the anguish of the woman he met that night in Jerusalem. Every single day for years he prayed for her. 
He had literally stopped contact with her because years had gone by, but he wouldn't stop praying. One day, five years after that lecture, he receives this amazing piece of news. Miracle of miracles. His daughter in Milwaukee was expecting their first biological child after 15 years of marriage. Miracle. The entire family is ecstatic. But you know what he's thinking. He's thinking about the woman he met at the lecture in Jerusalem. He has to get in touch with her. How's she doing? A few days later, he gets a letter in the mail, and he sees the return postages from Tzfat Israel. He opens it up. This is what it says. Rabbi, I would like you to know that I was informed just yesterday that I am pregnant with a child, and I wanted you to be the first to know. All he can do is smile and cry. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. But the story doesn't end there. The doctors gave the rabbi's daughter Milwaukee a due date of the first day of the Hebrew month of Shvat for the arrival of her child. As it turns out, the baby, a beautiful little girl, arrived two weeks later than expected, born on two Bishvat, on the 15th day of the month of Shvat. A few days later, he gets a call from an excited woman in Sfas. Her doctors gave her a due date, but her baby was born earlier than expected. And just a few days ago, my husband and I welcomed our new son to this world. What day was your son born? The 15th of Shvat. An infant girl in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, a newborn boy in Sfat, Israel. One seemingly came late, the other came early but they didn't come late or early at all because their arrivals were synchronized by something higher than physical due dates. Why? Because one Jew listened and internalized. Now, there are many times in each of our lives' experiences that we deal with people that have problems, have issues, have tsaris, have pain. And very often, we're not able to help. We want to help. We care. But we don't have what it takes to solve their issues or resolve their crisis for them. It's out of our domain. But you know what we could do? We can always listen. That every one of us can do. I'm not just talking about listen. I'm talking Shema listen. I'm talking listening with the eyes, listening with the embrace, listening with the heart, listening with empathy. They know, your friend in crisis knows when you're listening or when you're listening. And they know the difference. It's listening, so sorry, oh, I'm so, so sorry you're going through that. Oh, may God help that tomorrow will be better. You have those conversations. You hang up and you go on with your life. But then there's listening, listening with the heart. That listening is very different. You don't throw it on God. You don't say, God will help. It's after you hang up, you think about it. What can you possibly do? Who can you possibly call? Maybe you can't help. But maybe someone can. Maybe there's someone that knows someone that knows someone. It's affected you. It's changed you. That's listening with your heart. We've all experienced, and we all know this, that we can alleviate the distress of others by empathy. That just giving someone the love, the outlet that there's someone else that cares, helps. In a spiritual way, it actually brings blessings. In a spiritual way, really caring for someone has such a powerful effect that it can bring about physical change. Don't underestimate your power, your, your angelic power that you have 
to bring about change for someone else. The Torah tells us quite often that praying for someone else is such a powerful form of communication with God because when God sees that you really care, that it's affecting you how someone else is living and that what they're dealing with, there's Yeshua, there is help, there is salvation that comes. 